Untitled MMA Podcast, uh, March uh, 11th, uh, 2020. Right, friends? Sure. Um, coming off of UFC 248, heading into UFC Brasilia. Uh, I think we have a lot to cover with UFC 248, so we'll see how long this one goes. But before we get started, I'm Buju. I am Brendan. I'm Bryce. Hell yeah. Um, obviously, the main event was Yoel Romero and Israel Asanya. The best fight on the card and the most noteworthy was Yuan and Jacek and Wiley Zhang. But I think we'll start with the first fight on the card that actually has an impact somewhere, and that was Sugar Sean O'Malley's return after a two-year layoff after some suspensions. Um, came back and faced Jose Quinones and looked as good as you could possibly look off a two-year layoff and being the prospect that he is. Yeah, I was telling Buju before, because we all watch it generally at Buju's house, uh, and I got there a bit before Brendan did, and I was saying that Sugar Sean O'Malley, I was fairly certain, was a name that Brendan recognized, and he's only fought once in the UFC, and it was like two years ago. So to re- He only fought I mean, once in the UFC? Yeah, prior to I'm pretty Saturday, sure he only yeah. had one actual UFC fight. I think he was in the uh, Dana White thing. Yep. I know his name by heart, and I, I probably watch guys fight three to four times, I still don't know who the fuck they are. Exactly, and so, I mean, that just shows what type of aura and the type of image that the UFC can build around this guy, and like you said, he looked as good as can be, and I'm excited to see what he looks like against better competition. Yeah, is there a, a name in mind you have next for Sean O'Malley? <sighs> what is he, a 135? 45. You oh, sure? wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Not I could have swore he was a one. You might be right. I get him and Chase Hooper mixed up. Oh boy. Now I gotta look up Sean O'Malley. I'm look, I'm also looking up Sean O'Malley. I like his appearance. I like the cornrows. It's, it's kinda weird. I, I like the be- cornrows. I hate the fucking afro between fights. Figure that out. It's so huge. It he fought at Bantamweight here, so Okay. Um Yeah. Name in mind. <sighs> it's really hard. Because I don't know, I don't think he's worth a ranked opponent. But trying to come up with someone that isn't ranked at uh, bantamweight, I don't know. You're not, you're not even willing to give him a bottom of the rankings guy, like a fourteen, fifteen. I mean, get give him Cheeto Vera then, or, or depending on how his fight goes, whoever wins Cheeto Vera's next fight, that's Sean O'Malley's guy. So it'll be Cheeto Vera. Yeah, I'm good at that. Song Yudong is in there in that range. Song Yudong versus oh, Sugar yeah. Sean O'Malley. But yeah, I think you have to give him a rank. I think the performance was good enough. He's been hyped up enough. Um, yeah, I think you have to make him prove himself a little bit. Give him a a very low ranked bantamweight. Maybe I just don't want a, him to jump too much too soon and try to kill off the hype. But how many p- fighters are even in that division? And let alone how many are actually worth a damn. You know what I mean? I don't know. So I think I mean, like at least in the case of Israel Adesanya, he had two bumps before he fought like Brad Tavares. You have to give him a name people recognize for his next one, at least. Nobody knows who's who's who Jose Quinones is. Granted, not a lot of people know who fucking Marlon Vera is either, but it's more of a name than Jose Quinones. Even if it's not steps up Cheeto to you, friend. Marlon. Even if it's not steps up in competition, it has to be steps up in name value. I feel, I feel. Resume builders, as some might say. Yeah. What do you think his ceiling is based off of a performance against a severely uh, inferior opponent? Championship level. Not necessarily champion, but I think he can get up there. Marlon Marais, Aljamain Sterling, Petr Jan, Corey Sandhagen, Rafael Sunsau is your top five outside of the champion. I think he could get in that range. He's young enough. He seems to be advancing. It was impressive enough on Saturday. I think he could get up there. Brendan, I mean, this is that was only a second fight in the UFC, so giving him championship level or whatever you were trying to say is kind of extreme. But I think you got this is one of the guys that you got to slowly build up because, like Bryce said, this is a guy that you can put some hype around because, like, people that don't really know him, such as me or people that I don't know how I want to word this, he hasn't been you around were able that to while. Remember him for two years after watching a fight once. Yeah. So he's easily rememberable. Yeah. What do you think? I, 
I think he definitely has the caliber to be like a championship level fighter. Obviously, it depends when and if he gets there, what the division around him looks like. But because like Petter Yan, Aljamain Sterling, those guys are going to be around for a minute. It's a very grappling centric division, too, at the base of it. You have Henry Cejudo, who's a wrestler, as the champion. Aljamain mm-hmm. Sterling's best uh, best part of his game is his grappling. Uh, Jose Aldo's a fucking Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt. Uh, Better Yan. Yeah. Rafael Sunsau. Jimmy Rivera's a wrestler. Rob Vaughn, a wrestler. Yeah. I don't know anything about Corey Sandhagen. Yeah, I don't either. It's a bad name. I know that. <laughs> can't be champion Corey Sandhagen. That just can't happen. All right. It's been written in stone. You either have to change your name to something acceptable. Sandhagen, or... Sandhagen is a music teacher, not a fucking UFC champion. I agree. The UFC, yeah. or not the UFC, the MMA gods will not allow such things yeah. to happen. Sandhagen? To be fair, we have a Henry that's a champion. It was a champ champ. Hank Cejudo, baby. <laughs> he probably has a farm somewhere in Indiana. Oh, he's definitely from like Ohio, probably. Where's Corey Sandhagen from, Bryce? Hold on. I'm going with Ohio. Where are you going? What are you guessing, Brendan? Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Bryce, what's your guess before you see it? Uh, I'm thinking the. Uh, the New England era, but he, hold on, that's where he's fighting out of. That's not it. Um, Come on, Wikipedia. Load. Da, da, this is da, tough. Da, 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 da. I would have never guessed Sean O'Malley was born in Montana, but he only lived there for a little bit. Now he lives in Arizona. That makes a little more sense than Montana based on All his right, personality. It literally doesn't, uh, is you, or Wikipedia says he's fighting out of Aurora, Colorado, but it doesn't say where he's from. Fuck. Well, I really killed it. Yeah, but anyway, keep looking. Sean O'Malley. What did you say his ceiling was? I think definitely championship contender type of thing. So not champion as of now. I guess that's not hard to necessarily. Say. It's just hard. It's so hard to tell when um, you fight such a bad guy relative to where you are currently. Um, somebody else who had a very good performance after a, another long layoff. This was Neil Magny's first fight in 16 months, and I think he looked very good against Li Jing Lang. Um, yeah, then even thought he was fantastic, and it wasn't even just his grappling either. I think he hung with Jing Lang on the feet, and Lee is very much of a striker, while Magny's not necessarily known for that part of his game. Uh, I think he used his length well, and even after a layoff, looked like it didn't look like he had a layoff at all. He looked very good on Saturday. Yeah, I learned a lot about uh, Magny. Magny, I almost said Sterling. I knew that wasn't right, but I learned a lot That's about racist. Magny, mostly through Joe. And then after Joe said something like. It just happened in the fight. Like, he said something about how he's a grappler and also that he has really good cardio. Towards the third round of the fight is when he really stepped it stepped up, stepped it up and amped it up. So, I mean, it just came into fruition as well as him grappling. I think they were just, like, throwing elbows in the clinch. So. And going back to our discussion last week about grapplers versus strikers, it's not even necessarily, like, a grappler is automatically going to grab onto a striker, get him to the ground, and take him out of his game. Even if he's using it a little bit, He's wearing on the striker, just piece by piece. And he's you know more what I mean? Predictable too. Yeah, because like in the case of Magny, he was uh, chewing up uh, Li Jing Yang with his jab all n- night, and then also he was able to go for those uh, grappling exchanges and right. get the better of him. Lee can't be over aggressive because of the threat of a takedown. Um, and like I said, even if Magny's just getting him in a clinch every now and then, stick him up against the fence every now and then, he's just chipping away at Jing Lang's cardio and taking him out of, his, out of his game plan little by little. doesn't even have to necessarily be grab him, take him to the ground, submit him. It's just chipping away at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do next for Neil Magny at welterweight? Right, welterweight? Well, you definitely have to give him a ranked guy, but it's a matter of where on that list you go. Because I've, I assume that's why he isn't currently ranked in at 170 because he hasn't fought in 16 months. So, I mean, maybe the winner of the Gilbert Burns fight this weekend. That yes. could be. Buddy, we're on the save wa- wavelength today. We love to see it. We absolutely love to see it. But yeah, that'd be another grappler matchup, uh, whether it is Burns or Maya. Um, they'll, either of them will probably be, well, I guess Maya's a little higher. But if Burns wins, he'll be in the 8 to 10 range somewhere in there. Magny's going to move up in the rankings after they update. So yeah, I think that would be a good matchup. I've. Spoiler alert, picking Gilbert Burns to be Damian Maya. I don't know that that's necessarily close. So Burns versus Magny is very intriguing, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Brendan, thoughts on Brendan. Neil Magny at all? I gave him. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I just learned more about him. I didn't know as much about him. I, he's just a common name that I've been seeing and hearing. But I actually get to see him fight because I don't remember any of his fights previously because I don't remember shit. Right. If you know me, so what do you think? How do you think he stacks up to the rest of the welterweight division? Where you get have like guys like Cameron Usman, uh, Masvidal, Covington, and then farther down guys like Thompson, Kiesa, RDA, Robbie Lawler. His ceiling is a top as a number five guy. That's, yeah. He doesn't get any better than that. I would agree with that. But even then, he would have to yeah. get on a hot streak and. Because I think he can, the wave. I think he can beat the guys like Kiesa and Dos Anjos and Jeff Neal and Robbie Lawler. It's the guys like Woodley, Covington, Masvidal, and Usman that he's going to struggle with, and those are the guys you have to beat. So, what's happened to Santiago Ponzinibbio? Why is he not ranked? Is he? That is a good question. Probably alive? suspended. That's probably a uh, unkind assumption, but probably suspended. Right? Why would he not be ranked or injured? Are you looking it up? I'm trying to, but it's hard to figure out where that might be. Still waiting for doctor's clearance. Mm. Why wouldn't he not be in the rankings, though, if he's just waiting for doctor's clearance? How long has he been out? Well, he may. I was about to say, I can't remember the last time he actually fought. Last fight was November 2018. Damn, it does not seem like that long. It was a win over Neil Magny. Yeah, because I know that those two had fought, but a knockout win over Neil Magny. That's a long time ago. Um... In the MMA world, what about well, Lijing? He, he was going to fight at UFC 245, but he got staff. I think that's a pretty damning loss for Lijing Lang. As good as Neil Magny looked, I feel like they were kind of trying to build up Jing Lang, and then he goes and takes up a pretty ugly loss to Neil Magny. Yeah, it was not a good look. It's going to, I mean, I do agree that they're trying to build him up and. I don't, also, I feel like that's a terrible matchup because it's not like Magny was ranked at the time, and obviously he was a nightmare matchup for Jing Lang, and so he's not a name either. So I think all in all, is bad matchmaking if you're trying to build up Lee Jing Lang, and he threw him way off. And for as much ow as a of a um, as much as the division matches up well for Magny up to that top five, I think it's a bunch of bad matchups for somebody like Lee Jing Lang. When you have Vicente Luque, Gilbert Burns, Robbie Lawler, Nate Diaz, RDA, Michael Chiesa, I feel like those are a lot of names that Jing Lang would trouble would have trouble with because of his style. Mm-hmm. By the way, I finally got an answer to a question about Corey Sanhagen. Born and raised in Aurora, Colorado. Damn. It took me so long to get there. This whole time I was looking for it. That doesn't fit. I don't like that. He's from Ohio in my mind. Is Aurora, Colorado, though, the Ohio of Colorado? <laughs> Colorado, the Ohio of the West, question mark? Quite possibly, friend. Uh, the next fight that I think had any sort of um, impact at all, the Benil Dariush, um, fucking, who did Benil Dariush fight? Someone that I picked. Yep. Jakar Close. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Darius Man, was, that fight didn't mean anything. I mean, just because of how good it was, though. Darius yeah. looked like he was about to get finished, and then he comes back and ends up finishing Drakkar close. It's such a deep division, and these two guys are so middle of the fucking road that in the long run, probably not going to mean anything, but a nice exclamation point win for Benil Darius. Yeah, it was a very fun fight. And, I mean, I also love when DC gets excited. He said, uh, bust out the checkbook right now and write a check for these two for 50K for fight of the night. And then the next fight happened. <laughs> Wiley Zhang and Yuani and Jacek for the strawweight championship of the world. Back and forth fight. Uh, razor close decision. When it went to the scorecards, I thought Yuani was going to end up taking it, but I'm a little biased. She's my favorite fighter on the planet. Uh, but either way, fantastic fight. Joanna got the shit beat out of her. Her forehead was gigantic. Looked like a being from a different planet. Megamind. Wiley Zhang was pretty beat up herself. Just didn't show the effects as much. Crazy back and forth fight. Without a doubt, I think the best women's UFC fight we've ever seen. And in the top 10, at the very least, for greatest fight of all time. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was so good. It's definitely, without a doubt in my mind, the greatest women's fight of all yeah, time. Yeah, I don't think that's even Potential a fight of the year, and then, obviously, will be up among the ranks of the greatest fight of all yeah. time. You have to have a little no more... the gender. You have to have a little more distance for that between before you really start 
ranking fights, ranking it among the other greatest fights of all time. But I don't think it's a question that greatest women's fight of all time, one of the better title fights we've seen in a while, I feel like. just And they both left it all in like Neither one of them could have done any more than what they did. Both looked good when the bell finally rang at the end. Amazing fight. Couldn't have asked for more yeah. from those two. Yes, 100%. It was very, very interesting, especially with the implications post-fight. With the fact that Wiley Zhang won. Oh. Um, how did you have it on the scorecards going to the uh, decision? I had it three rounds to two for Zhang. Brendan? I didn't even... I wasn't keeping track of rounds. Yeah. The way I was approaching it, like who won the entire fight, which is not how it works, obviously, but that's just... some reason in the middle of... Uh, during the fight, I wasn't even thinking about rounds. I was like... At the end, I was like, I think it's 50-50, bro. I think anybody can win this fight, but at the same time, I'm a big lean towards a championship champion mm-hmm. person kind of guy when it's that close so i was like eh, it probably is zang my reasoning for giving to yohan and like i said i'm very biased i thought zang won the first two rounds even though they had they both landed 28 significant strikes in the first i thought zang landed the better strikes and i think that round went to her i think zang pretty definitively won the first two yohan pretty definitively won three and four uh which is usually when she starts turning it up in the third round and carrying it through the fifth but at the beginning of the fifth well, the first two minutes or so, I feel like it was pretty much all Zhang, and I felt like it was over for Ioana. And then she turned it up again the last half or three minutes of the uh, the fight, landed a really nice spinning elbow or spinning back fist, whatever it was, close to the end in the last 15 seconds or so. So I thought she was going to edge it out just because I thought she won more of the last round of the fight. But it's not a robbery by any means. I don't have any arguments uh, in the opposite direction. I don't have any problem with them giving to Zhang. I also think it very much could have been a draw just because of how even it was all the way through. Now that I think yeah, about, well, now that I think ahead. about it, it definitely was two rounds, first first round and second round to Zhang, and third and fourth to Joanna. Uh, so it was definitely up to the fifth round. I definitely remember saying that, mm-hmm. and I was not impressed with Joanna. I feel like Joanna had should have left it more out on the line in the fifth round. Should have thrown more strikes, but it is what it is. I mean, when your face looks like that, yeah. and you've it's easier said than done. And sure. she was already digging out of a hole because she lost the first two rounds. So, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody should try and get the finish in that fifth round if there's even a question whether you're up or down on the scorecards. But, I mean, I, you can't really ask for more out of Joanna in that fight. Just I the think. way I felt is she had the cardio to lay more out on the line but didn't. She just fought the same way she did through the entire fight rather than continuing to amp it up. I don't disagree, but there was never she was never going to finish Zhang. They could have That's not how f- I'm saying. I'm just saying she could have thrown more strikes. But she was also eating three to throw two at times, so I feel like that's a dangerous game. Yeah, I also, also thought her approach was kind of weird at times. She should she was she, she like, was re- using her leg kicks really well in the first like two and a half to three rounds. I felt like went away from that. Then she started opening up a little more with head and body kicks, and then went away from that too. I feel like if she could have used more of those later in the fight, it would have uh, done her some good. The way she went inside to get inside to land her jabs or whatnot. Especially it was, early, it was really weird because she like almost. I don't know if it's just how na- how she naturally does it because I don't remember how, her previous fights, but she. I don't know if it's her hunchback or what, but she seems like she puts her head <laughs> <Jesus>. down. <laughs> she puts her head down just for fucking like it's a fat ass target. She's putting her head in arm's way. I think the pro the she didn't do it every time though, so it obviously isn't an every time thing. Zhang is very comparable to Joanna in speed, and she's never had to really deal with that before. I think she d- uh, she had problems with that against Rose, too. I think Rose and Zhang are the only two people that are really comparable in speed to Joanna in that division. So when she's not the faster fighter in the octagon, I think she has trouble with... She can't get in and out without eating shots. And that was definitely a surprise factor. I knew that Zhang had the power to knock people out, but she was pretty freaking fast. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, her hands were very much surprisingly quick because they look quick compared to Jessica Andrade, but I also feel like that's a much easier person to look fast against. Jessica Andrade, not the speediest fighter in the game right now. Yes. Um, And going off, I 100% agree that it could have gone either way. I wouldn't have thought it was a robbery either way. Um, It's definitely a really close fight, but I I thought that with the control that she had in those first two minutes of that fifth round she definitely wasn't the fresher fighter at the end of it but i feel like her two minutes were more uh impactful than what yuana was able to do in the latter half of the round brendan mentioned it when uh, he said it when he was talking about how he scores the fight 
when a round is so even and it's kind of hard to tell, do you give credence to that championship edge where you kind of lean towards the champion in a round like that? I mean, sometimes you have to, but it, I mean, you sh- you shouldn't in a sense because yeah, just because you're a champion shouldn't mean anything. You are still fighting for a belt. Do you agree with but, that, Brendan? Yeah, I always do it because I feel as if that's what the judges yeah, do. Yeah, I do think that's what the judges do. I agree with you. But at the same time, yeah. it 100 should not be a factor at all if you're champion or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I w- will say that it's clear. Obviously, it was a very comparable in speed, but Zhang, without a doubt, was the much more powerful fighter. For sure. With- and I think she was the only one that could finish the, that fight but i don't I think thought in the early rounds she might have been able to with some of the combinations she was throwing together i don't think you can penalize yoana for not having power though because i feel like she did every bit as much damage in the third and fourth as zang did in the first and second you know what i mean even if zang wasn't showing it as much as yoana was yeah well i think also part of that her the compound interest of her putting in that damage in the first two rounds and still landing heavy shots yeah. in the third and fourth. I agree with you. I think fair. it uh I mean that's how her face ended up the way it did. So it's I definitely understand that you can't uh blame Joanna for not having the power, but if you don't you have to make up for it in volume. And she definitely did in those third and fourth rounds, but in the fifth I just felt like the power was more than enough to uh, get her the championship win. I hate to play fucking, uh, what do they call it, armchair quarterback when it comes to fights because I'm somebody who's never going to be in there and I don't know the ins and outs of fighting. But I just feel like getting away from the leg kicks and body kicks was such a mistake for Joanna. I think any time a fighter gets away from leg kicks after having some success with it early on is a mistake because... That's, I think, the most surefire way to slow down your opponent as a fight wears on. In the middle of that fight, it felt like she was really turning it up on body kicks, mixing in a head kick every now and then. And to me, that's what felt like was changing the fight and then went away from it at the later stages. I feel like that was such a mistake on her on her part. Yeah, and I mean, it's also hard when you're fighting her face looking yeah. the way it did, and I'm sure she was just tired. For sure. It's hard to say you have to do this or that. Because, I mean, she's just trying to get through it at the same time. It's crazy that Ioani and Jacek is 6-4 and four in title fights. That does not sound right. Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, four losses in a title in title fight sounds bad. To be fair, she started off 6-0. and oh. Yeah. But lost, two losses to Rose, a loss to Valentina Shevchenko, and a loss to Wiley Zhang. It seems like those are all pretty forgivable. Yeah, but how many forgivable losses do you get and still keep getting title shots? All of them. As many really? as she wants, yeah. Keep giving her title Dang. shots. <laughs> <laughs> Who's but and even taking my bias out of it? Who's better than her in these divisions? That's not Rose and Zhang. And is Zhang? I mean, I, Zhang was the better woman on Saturday. But if they fight a hundred times, does Zhang win more than half? I don't know. I definitely think so. How many? I think so too. This is a this is such a stupid metric that we use, it but we do it all the time. Metric. If they fight a hundred times, how many does Zang win? Between fifty five and sixty. That's pretty even. It is. I gave her seventy though. That's crazy. <laughs> That's fucking. It's insane. a difference of ten. That's a lot. <laughs> That's ten percent, dog. I I think that seventy. I, I think, think just because the speed is so comparable, she seems to have been a very good game planner to where even when she was tired, she was still winning. She won a round when she was very tired, even after coming back from two rounds, like losing two rounds in a row. So I feel like just her game planning is better. She was only, she's, I don't think we'll get worse quicker than Joanna. Well, she's, I think Joanna is not ever going to get better. She's younger than Joanna too, though, isn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yoana has I mean, like 500 fights in her life, too, so it's kind of hard to change up I, what you're doing. I mean, these are all things that I'm th- throwing in. If they would rematch eventually, I'd pick Zhang. Well, I probably would, too, at this point, just because she won the first one. But I, I feel like it's pretty 50-50 between the two. I think that showed on Saturday. But like you said, Yoana's not getting better from here. Just because of her age, how long she's been around, how many fights mm-hmm. she's had in her life. I mm-hmm. don't disagree with you that she's not going to improve significantly. Yes. Zang has so much power. I didn't even know how much power she had, but you can, like, 
How Yoana's chin deserves so much credit because she was getting hit with some bombs. So that's what I was gonna say. Later, she lasted all those strong strikes. If this was the Joanna that beat Jessica Penne and Valerie Letourneau, do you think this fight goes differently, or do you think it's the same thing? Do you think that this is the Joanna looked bad? I thought she looked good. But do you think she's still at that peak that she was in those Letourneau and Penne fights? Negative. I mean, I don't think she's in her peak just because she's older. But I think she is very, very close to that level. And I thought it was the same thing in the Rose fights. Mm -hmm. Maybe not necessarily the first one, but definitely the second one. I think those Rose fights did not feel like the same Yoana to me. This felt like a very similar Yoana to the champion that was winning and defending her belt. Uh, I don't think the Rose... I don't think Yoana in the Rose fights felt felt the same as this one. And she Shevchenko's just such a fucking killer. It's hard to even talk about that one. Yeah, I don't I wasn't even going to bring that one up because it was different division. She's a smaller woman that also I feel like the speed is comparable between Valentina and Joanna, which is nuts. Yeah, and Shevchenko holds the power advantage in that too and just mm-hmm. a better overall fighter. She's got she's, uh um she has the grappling edge too. Yeah. Do you think Joanna loses to anybody in this division besides Rose and Zhang? I think she's still. I mean, right now, no, because I mean that's the only people that she's lost to, and she looks like unbeatable against everyone else. I think she's still a very clear second or third best fighter in division, but that's a tough spot to be in the second or third fighter in division, especially when you already have two losses to Rose and now a loss to Zhang. She can she she can earn another shot at Zhang, but then you have to win that one. She's in a similar position as Jose Aldo was once. Uh, Jose? Yeah. Jose Aldo was not too long ago. And now you have to do Joanna versus Andrade again, which is a rematch in itself. Mm-hmm. So, Joanna keeps putting herself in tough spots by losing to these champions. <laughs> yeah. I I think that we had all predicted that Joanna was going to be champion at the end of 2020. Still not impossible. That, <laughs> it's not impossible, but I don't think she will. Yeah, this puts. I think a if she on. would rematch Zhang this year, even she would not win. I and think she's not going to beat Zhang or Rose. But even Unless if Rose does not look the same when she comes back, she will fight again this year. But it's likely not going to be a rematch with Zhang, just because it doesn't really make sense. Um, and it's not going to be anytime soon. She's going to be fighting again in like September, October. And she's not going to get a rematch for the end of the year, so it's not impossible, but definitely. I definitely will say not like one it. other person that Yuana might lose to, just stylistically, is Tatiana Suarez. Just pure different, different type of uh, fighter. Also, Nina Ansaroff is an interesting <laughs> matchup. Get the fuck out of here, Nina Ansaroff. Yuana and Jacek would cave her face in. <laughs> I'm just saying, friends. Fuck out of here, Nina Ansaroff. I'll f- no, never mind. I'm not, I wasn't going to go there. Is Nina Ansaroff <laughs> pregnant? I heard that. I don't know if it's true. I think she is. Oh, well. And so, she, yeah, wanna, there goes that. I want to definitely beat her out. Where does Zhang match up with the other women's champions, Amanda Nunes and... Um, Valentina? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't think of her name. I think she's the weakest, but that is not necessarily a knock on her. She, I was very skeptical Skeptical. Going into this fight, this was the first. I mean, this was the first Zhang fight I've sat down and watched as it's happening. I saw the Jessica Andrade fight, but that was mm-hmm. recorded, and I already knew the result and everything. So sitting down and watching it in real time, I think, added a lot to her, uh, to my thoughts about her. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's very good. I think if she were, if a super fight with Shevchenko were to happen, it would not go well for Zhang. No, it wouldn't, because I think they fight similarly. And Valentina's just bigger. Yeah, and better. I don't, yeah. I think maybe just I'm riding off the weight, but I think Zhang is really good. She has She's very strong and very very fast, which it's, I don't think that's a good or not a frequent frequent combination to have speed and power like that. I will say she's in the best shape of any, definitely any female champion and maybe any female fighter in the UFC. She's in incredible shape. Yeah. Yeah, her, she, before the fight even happened, we were just kept. I don't know if you guys kept saying it, but I definitely kept saying how ripped she was. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when when I think of power, like obviously not a huge freak like Nagano, so I'm gonna just go smaller size. I'm thinking of Connor. Connor isn't that fast of a striker. He's obviously more smooth and mm-hmm. precise rather he, than speed. When he throws some combinations, he's very quick with it. When Pre- he wants to be, precision beats power and timing beats speed. I don't, I don't really. I mean, yeah. yeah I, t- I don't think he's that fast. I don't see Connor as an overly fast fighter. He doesn't 
Like he just Jose Al- Jose Aldo's fast. Conor McGregor's yeah. not fast. He just connects. I mean, Jose Aldo accurate. was fast. Yeah, it was. How dare you, sir? Yeah, he's not fast anymore. How dare you? He, he does not fight fast at all. And to even suggest that he does is asinine. Asinine. He's still faster than Conor McGregor. Asinine. <laughs> you got me fooled. He throws like six strikes a round. Still faster than Conor McGregor. Before you motherfuckers went off on a tangent, how many fucking strikes does Conor McGregor throw around? He doesn't because he doesn't fight. Fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I just think it's crazy how well she's balanced through power and also speed. So maybe I'm overrating yeah. her, but the, the only way, reason I see her losing is not just through skill, but mostly size. So Zhang versus Even Rose. She next? is fairly young. Oh, Rose is fighting somebody. Is she? I, I feel like her and Andrade are fighting. Oh, like you're right. You they're fighting so, in Brazil. You so silly goose. It's the winner of that then. Which, you silly yeah, goose. That winner for sure. You silly rabbit. Tatiana Suarez. That's the fight. You silly goose. Tatiana, get the fuck out of here with Tatiana She's Suarez, bro. Never in the rankings, you idiot. Who? Tatiana Suarez, you dumb. Above who, you dumb fucker? Joanna, you freaking dumb. Who's dumb. talking about Joanna? I'm talking about Rose and Jessica Andrade, you silly I fuck. Said, give Joanna Tatiana Suarez. Oh, you I thought you were talking, talking about Zang, you fucking idiot. piece of shit. Fucking speak That's up. So I hope Just your listen. fucking hair Once falls out of your life. head and that fucking window <laughs> behind you falls on your bald fucking head, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'm not bald. Um, no, I said your but, hair is going to fall out, idiot. Listen, oh, you can't fucking speak up or listen. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, calm down. Uh, I love you, Buju. I love you too, Bryce. I don't love any of you. Yeah, you do. Whoa. It's because you you're not, not capable of human emotion. <laughs> um, it's beyond me. The main event of the evening, Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero for the middleweight championship of the world. It was disappointing. It was bad. It was a classic case of two counter strikers that n- neither one of them wanted to engage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that happens. It sucks. It does. You can't. I don't think you can be mad at either one of them. And if you're going to be mad at one of them, you have to be mad at both of them. You can't just be mad at Israel. That's crazy. Yeah. Because yeah, I saw people trying to rip Israel for not pushing the action, but I mean, it does take two to tango at the end of the day. And even Yoel Romero in his post fight interviews, like. I came here to fight. He doesn't want to fight. It's like, bro, you were in there. You could have fought. You could have thrown strikes as well, brother. Yeah, he could have made some sort of advance, and he just didn't. That makes. I will say though, Yoel Romero landed the best strikes. Yeah. of that fight. He it seemed like he almost rocked, if not rocked, uh, Israel two or three times. Yeah, mm-hmm. I th- feel like every time he exploded on a counter, he was gonna have Israel hurt if he could have uh, continued that momentum. I think it's more disappointing for Yoel, obviously not just because he lost, but it's just like he had the opportunity to win again, and he does nothing to, like, it's not that he was not skilled enough to win. He just, I don't think he did enough effort and that's what, to win. It, that's what, it goes back to what we talk about every time we talk about Yoel, lacking a killer instinct. It was clear that when he landed, and any time he landed, he was dangerous and doing damage against Israel. Why didn't he push forward and land those strikes? Yeah, maybe you're going to eat some. Maybe you fucking get knocked down too. But it's better than not doing anything. And when he was just sitting back, every once in a while, Israel was catching him with a one-two, and that's what lost him the fight. You're When you explode on him and you're landing fucking three, four strikes with Israel backing up against the cage, it was so clear that Yoel was clearly at a huge advantage in those situations. So why didn't he try that more? It drives me crazy. Yeah, it's very. Also, he uh, pushed for a takedown once or twice in that fight. Yeah, didn't work just, out. But. Yeah, I feel like if he even was just very persistent about it, just once. Yeah, because like that mm. one thing about Khabib, I think what sets his wrestling apart from anyone else's is that he's just relentless about it, just always looking for that takedown. And if that was... means he pushes someone up against the fence. That means he's gonna work his way there. I just feel like if you would try that, he could have gotten a takedown and potentially swayed a round or two. Chael Sonnen was the same way. Even if he wasn't going to land that takedown, he was going to make you defend it. I feel like if mm-hmm. you well did that a lot more, it'd do him, uh, it'd do him some good. Yeah. Yeah, that's disappointing. I don't think the skill lost in the fight more so than the effort and the game plan. How did you have that one scored? Did you think, were you confident that Israel was going to get the decision? Yeah. Just because it was, uh, like Brendan said, just he didn't do a lot. Yeah. In the few time in the rounds where he did explode, that's all he did the entire round. Mm-hmm. And one six second blip isn't enough when you don't knock anyone down. Brendan. 
I was not fully aware of the fight during the time, so I oh yeah, my <laughs> I forgot about that part. I thought Yoel clearly won three. I think it was. I could have my rounds mixed up here. I struggle with this. I think it was three and four, which was when he landed the really ex- he had those really explosive moments where it seemed like he had Israel in trouble. I think those were rounds three and four. So whatever rounds they were, he won those two. The first round, nobody did anything except Yoel landed an overhand right. So I thought that gave him that round. So I thought it was Yoel three to two, but again, it was so inactive. And Israel was so much clearly the better fighter in those moments where Yoel wasn't exploding on him that I didn't, I can't argue that decision at all. Yeah. What's your thoughts on Israel saying he had a game plan of throwing a flying knee? I think it's fucking annoying that he has a game plan to have a spectacular knockout finish, but then has a boring five round fight. You but I think I mean? if him saying that is he was counting on Yoel to fight more like Yoel did in the Robert Whitaker fights. And I guess maybe in hindsight, all of us should have seen that Whitaker was the aggressor in those fights and Yoel was just reacting to that. If Israel wasn't going to be the aggressor, this was always going to be what Yoel was doing. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it was a little bit of a mistake in game planning for Israel or that's just him kind of being goofy. Um, maybe trying to make, trying to, what's the word I'm looking for here? get a little bit more forgiveness for the performance that he had because, well, I was planning on doing this, but I didn't have the opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, not a great performance, but, I mean, I don't, if you, this is the start of a long reign, you don't have to have great performances every time. This is a guy that no one else wants to fight. It sucks that the fight ended that way, but I, you can't be mad at Israel, in my opinion. Yeah. Brendan, your opinion at, immediately after the fight would have been in disagreement with that. I don't even know if you remember it. I was pissed. Yeah. It was a very boring fight. Yeah, I agree. And the crazy thing is, maybe just because this is only a second title fight, he's younger, he's newer, but if this was John Jones, it's a, it's a completely different argument. He's yeah. getting all the backlash compared to Israel, where he's getting a lot more forgiveness. I don't know if Jones does get all the backlash, though. Does, this, I give him the backlash, and you guys always defend it. I'd say Jones' fight with Anthony Smith was worse than this, and I don't feel like he got any backlash. Do you? Yeah, not nearly as much as Israel is now. Maybe maybe more so from you guys compared to like social media, because I'm not very yeah. huge on social media compa- with, with MMA Twitter, but yeah. One thing that has to happen with these fights, Joe Rogan has to stop acting like every fight is awesome. Yeah, he does. Like, I understand that there, there's a strategy going on here. There's a reason they're not engaging. They're both waiting to counter-strike and everything. But you don't have to act like the fight kicked ass, Joe. Mm-hmm. And I'd also, even if, like, I don't think you can be mad at either fighter. Uh, I think that's kind of silly. But I'm also not mad at the fans for booing. They paid a lot of money for those tickets. And this fight that was supposed to be awesome sucked. So if they want to boo, boo. Also, they are comparing that to the fight that just happened. Yeah. And that's fair. But even if that fight didn't happen, this fight still sucked. Yeah, I yeah. Agree. This fight was supposed to be fucking awesome. Um, but Paulo Costa's next. This is one of those rare occasions where there's no doubt what the next title fight is. It's going to be Israel and Costa, unless Costa's biceps explode from steroids. Um, and that's going to be a fun ass. Yeah, fight. that fight is not going to be like this. It's impossible for that fight to look like this one. Yeah, Paulo Costa is the aggressor in his fights. Yeah, he's going to come forward. He's going to throw bombs. Israel's going to counter and put him down. That's what's going to happen in that fight, and it's going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> you think he's going to put him be. down? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think but there's... then again, Yoel couldn't put him down, and Yoel's probably the most powerful guy in the division, maybe behind Costa, so I don't know. I, I feel like in that Yoel fight, though, he was he didn't ever explode the way that he did against like Robert Whitaker or any of the fights that he won Israel's in length, dramatic fashion. I think Israel's length is going to give him an advantage in that fight because Costa hasn't had to deal with that against a really, mm-hmm. really good fighter like Adesanya is. Yeah. Obviously, the biggest question is, is his chin good enough to survive the fucking massive strikes that's going to land on his chin? And that's all... Because he's going to win in a decision. That's obviously the X factor against Costa. I think another thing that gives a significant advantage to Israel is... Costa doesn't have a game plan. He's going to go in there and fight the fight that he always fights. Israel can game plan for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that puts the ball in Israel's court a little bit more too. It's his fight to lose, I would definitely say, because this is a perfect matchup for him, just stylistically. A guy that's going to come to him, mm-hmm. he can just move out of the way and counter-strike, because that's all that Paul Costa is going to do. It sucks for Yoel that this was more than likely. and This I- was his last title shot. There's no way around it. 
No way. I don't know though, dude. Like no way. It's Yoel it. Romero though. He just keeps fucking getting <laughs> title fights. He got this off of two losses. <laughs> I know. I think this is it. I think he might fight three more times. But what if he goes up to two hundred five and gets a win? Then he's fighting John Jones. God, that'd be so terrible. <laughs> that, that's factual. That's what would happen though. Give me Yoel versus John Jones. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's do it. I'm fine with it. Make it happen. He doesn't even have to fight once. Give it to him now. Yoel might beat him. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That fight would be boring as shit, probably. It would be such a bad fight. It's going to be the same thing as Israel. Maybe just a less. Make less, it a co-main event to Yoana and fucking Wiley Zhang, too. Let's do that <laughs> shit. In July. Let's just relive Saturday. Reschedule the whole card. It was an awesome card. Overall, top to bottom, it was a very fun card. Top to bottom, one of the more fun ones in a long time, I think. Yeah. Which, that's what a pay-per-view should be. Amen, sister. And this this weekend's card actually looks good, too, which is rare it these does. days. Uh, let's, uh, unless anybody has anything else on USC 248, is that a sign you all Wiley Zhang, and the like? We'll move on to more topics. Yeah. Let's uh, keep on keeping on. So, Khabib said he will only fight Conor McGregor if McGregor fights and beats Justin Gaethje. A, do you believe that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that he would lie about that. He doesn't really have a reason to. Yeah, that's one hundred percent his feelings. But if push comes to shove, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. I don't know though. If if Khabib beats Tony, which I'm, the more the closer we get to that fight, I'm talking myself into Tony a little bit more. You are fucking things up, Brennan. What did you do? Don't do that again. Um, lost my train of thought. If Khabib beats. Uh, Fucking Tony. Tony, and they say, uh, Khabib, here's $20 million to fight Conor McGregor. I don't think Khabib's saying no to that. Even without Conor fighting in between? Say that again? Even without Conor fighting in between? Correct. Okay, that's definitely fair. Um, I think, though, that Conor is going to fight Justin Gaethje around International Fight Week. Yeah, I'm still wholeheartedly into that. So He's in his season, friend. This is the kind of season baby. What does that even mean? <laughs> that was such a strange way to put it that this is his 2020 season. Conor McGregor sucks, dude. I can't believe you like that guy. You fucking suck. You fucking suck. You like a fucking racist Go animal. Go like Anthony. <laughs> racist animal. Go root for fucking Anthony Pettis for seven <laughs> losses in a row, you hunk of shit. <laughs> it's called dedication, yeah, you piece so of shit. Go yeah. Coming from a fucking Cubs fan, you should know this shit. Fight. What, bitch? What'd you say, Bryce? Yeah, all, he can. Joanna can only beat cans. It's a fact. Who's it? Yeah, Conor McGregor fought Cowboy Cerrone. You want a fucking standing ovation? Loser. <laughs> Cowboy Cerrone fucking rolled out of bed, came straight up, probably skydove this that fucking morning, and then went and fought Conor McGregor. Took a dive. <laughs> Fuck Conor McGregor. <laughs> All of our favorite fighters have flaws, friends. All of our oh. favorite fighters kind of stink. <laughs> <laughs> eh. I mean, Anthony Pettis much more than the other two. Yeah. That's fact. <laughs> hey, man, it'd be like that. Uh, it do. It do. Brian Ortega and the Korean zombie thing. Overall, I kind of don't really care. Uh, it's initially, a strange situation. Initially, it just seemed like Ortega slapped zombies fucking friend, translator, singer guy for no reason. But as mm-hmm. the f- story unfolds, it kind of seems like he was talking a little bit of shit, too. So fuck that guy also. But just like... Let's just have the fight. I don't really care about this outside nonsense. If he slapped Korean Zombie, then I'd be more interested. But he just slapped some guy. Some yeah, I feel. Random guys, especially in the media, just need a good little slap here and there. So Yeah, he probably deserved that slap. Especially if this translator is anything that it, like the translator from the main event. And it turns out... Or the po- co-main. I don't know how much you heard about it, but it turns out that that guy is Korean Zombie's manager of sorts. Zombie mm-hmm. went up to Ortega earlier in the night. And told him, "Hey, man, it wasn't my manager. My management team wanted me to like, because Ortega was mad that there was some Instagram post or something. This is so fucking stupid. This is high school shit. Some Instagram post or something where Zombie said Ortega was ducking him instead of, but Ortega pulled out with an injury. Was the truth? Zombie said that Ortega was ducking him. Ortega must have said something to Zombie earlier in the night. Zombie said, "That's my management team. They wanted me to like." talk a little shit and word it that way or whatever so later on ortega runs into this guy that is part of zombies management team smacks him across his fucking face a rooney so 
Uh, it's more yeah. justified than zombie made it seem, but in the end, uh, you can't go slapping regular people. But also, <laughs> yeah, you really can't. If you're a professional fighter, you just can't hit other people. That guy also. That guy can't. On that guy cannot press charges. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. Makes you look like such a fucking weenie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that fight is awesome, though. If it ever happens, zombie versus Ortega. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, zombie finishes him. This is oof. Let's save this for now. Let's do picks. We'll see how much time we have left, and then maybe I'll do this last thing. Okay. Um, so picks for UFC Priscilla this weekend. Very good main card, picking all five main card fights plus the prelim headliner. I think this is a very good ESPN Plus card, which I rarely say these days. Um, Juicy, a, ooh, Juicy A for Miga is a minus 165 favorite against Brandon Moreno, the plus 135 underdog. Formiga's UFC losses are to John Dodson, Joseph Benavidez twice, Henry Cejudo, and Ray Borg. He also has a win over the champion that's not the champion, DeVazon Figueredo. Uh, pretty impressive resume on Formiga. All his losses are very forgivable. While Brandon Moreno is coming off of a pretty good performance against Kaikara France, I think one of the better ones of his career after his return to the UFC, I think Formiga is just the better fighter in this one. I don't think it's crazy that Moreno could pull off a win here. I wouldn't necessarily bet on Formiga, but I do think he's the better fighter. Moreno still has more to prove, so I'm picking Formiga. I'm gonna go with, have to go with the favorite as well in Formiga. Can't really word it any any differently than you did. He has all impressive losses, all guys that fought for the belt or eventually fought for the belt. Mm-hmm. I don't or, know if, or held the belt. Yeah, uh, Borg, Dotson, Benavides, Cejudo. So all relatively good opponents. So saying that, I'm gonna pick a guy just because he has good losses. Yeah, Brandon Moreno is just not. He's not as complete and he's not as good at what he's best at than Juicier Formiga. They're both at their best jujitsu guys, mm-hmm. and Formiga is a much better one. And so, I mean, like you said, definitely could see a world where Moreno wins. The striking is a little funky. It can get catch guys off guard and can't really adapt to it, but I think that this should be a relatively straightforward decision win for Formiga to launch himself into title contention. And I think Formiga is going to exploit Moreno's wildness a little bit in this fight too. Um, Francisco Trinal is a minus 175 favorite against John McDessie, the plus 145 underdog. I think the odds should be a little bit more separated than they are here. I don't feel like John McDessie is that great of a fighter at all. Francisco Trinaldo, kind of a brawler style at his base, but a pretty good overall well-rounded fighter. I think he's significantly better than McDessie, and I think he gets a pretty easy win here. I'm going with McDessie. He's on a three-fight win streak, and Trinaldo has a fucking loss to James Fick. Says it all. <laughs> he says says it all. And also, his recent, his most recent win is against Bobby Green. Who the fuck is Bobby Green? Bobby Green's not bad. It's another Ohio. Indie, Bobby Indiana Green's dude. better than John McDessie. Frank. I'm gonna surprise you with this. Bobby Green, black guy. Oh, I'd assume. Oh, really? Yeah, Bobby. Yeah, oh, fair enough. There's really? A lot, there's, there's good. There's a lot of Bobbies out, Bobby's out there. There's Bobby Lashley, Bobby Schmurda. <laughs> I guess those those are two actually very good convincing arguments. I didn't think of either of them. Yeah, Bobby Lashley can't argue that. <laughs> Former ECW champion, baby. Um, Bobby's the whitest. Why do we pick in here? Uh, Francisco Trinaldo and John Mendes. <laughs> All right, I'm going with Francisco Trinaldo here. He's a tough guy to beat. John McDessie is actually bad, regardless of what his recent resume says. He's beaten absolute. Bums, bums, cans of cans, because he is a can himself. The only thing that John McDessie will ever be known for in his MMA career is getting his jaw broken by Cowboy Cerrone. Mm-hmm. He's a nobody. I didn't even know he's still in the UFC. He's gonna take this L. That was passionate. Um, Johnny Walker. <laughs> I don't like Jan Mc, John McDessie for some reason. <laughs> Jesus, Johnny Walker is a minus one sixty favorite against Nikita Krylov, the plus one thirty underdog. These two men have fifty three combined professional fights. Only one of those 53 fights have gone to a decision. That's crazy. <laughs> um, Nikita Krylov is a better overall fighter here. He does have some knockout wins. Very good grappler. Has some submission wins. And Johnny Walker looked the worst he could possibly look against Corey Anderson in his last fight. I'm still going to pick Johnny Walker here. I think he kind of overwhelms Krylov and gets a knockout win. I think this is going to be a very interesting fight. And it's a test for Johnny Walker. I think people kind of count out Nikita Krylov a lot. I'm going to go with Johnny Walker. I definitely see him recovering from the Corey Anderson loss just to get himself back into the boat he was before. 
to where he's going to be an uprising opponent for John Jones. And saying that, I got Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker, I hope, is actually good. That's Agreed. truly what I hope. He has a and Star this will Wars be name. a very good test of that. Um, I, I'm picking him. I think that he will come back and he will look spectacular in that uh, comeback fight. But this is truly make or break for Johnny Walker in my eyes. Obviously, he can come back if he loses this, but can he, though, kind of thing? Right. Um. We talked about... Oh, sorry. I should probably give the fighters first. Hinata Moicano is a minus 335 favorite. Demir Hadzovic is a plus 255 underdog. Uh, we talked about forgivable losses earlier with Juicier Formiga. Hinata Moicano has the ultimate list of forgivable losses at the featherweight ranks with Brian Ortega, Jose Aldo, and Korean Zombie. Um, Hadzovic, very unproven in the UFC. Hasn't really fought anybody yet. Definitely hasn't beat anybody yet. And Hinata Moicano has faced... if Even if he's taken the loss, he has faced the best of the best at featherweight outside of Max Holloway. So I'm picking Nato Moicano here based on experience, high-level experience, and I do think he's a better overall fighter. It's hard to give a different analysis of Moicano than Juicier Formiga. Obviously different fights, but they just both have really good losses. So even when you look at the records, the losses do not hurt them that much. And saying that, I'll get Renato Moicano. Renato. 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 All right, go. Very Japanese-sounding name there. Um, the Bosnian bomber here. Hell yeah. Demir Head. What is it? Hedzovic? Probably. Um, I think the most interesting part about this fight is that it's at 155 and not 145. Right. I didn't know that until just now. Um, and so I guess it makes a bit more sense why I haven't heard of this guy because he isn't ranked yet at 155 because it's such a deep division. And it's a very weird move for Hinato to move to 155. Um, maybe he's had issues cutting to 145. Maybe he thinks that he's not going to get a title shot there anytime soon. But it's weird, if, that, though, if this like, ladder is it, I mean, he's not going to the top of 155 anytime soon. Yeah. But I am going to pick Hinata Moicano here. I just assume that this Demir guy is just not as good. Damian Mai is a plus 160 underdog against Gilbert Burns, the minus 200 favorite in this co-main event. Um, I'm going to pick Gilbert Burns here. I said it earlier. Damian Mai is very much over the hill. Uh, I, and he's even kind of struggled a little bit when it's grappler versus grappler. Uh, I think Gilbert Burns, the young upcoming guy, is going to outclass Damian Maya in a grappler versus grappler matchup. Um, I'm going to go with Damian Maya. They're both kind of riding a hotbed. Maya is on a three-fight winning streak compared to Burns' four-fight winning streak. I definitely agree with your struggling against grappler grappler, but at the same time, Burns isn't just a grappler. He has yeah. like four or five knockouts, I believe, I believe so he's definitely more rounded. So I, I just don't know what approach he's going to take with. He's going to try and stand, in, stand up with him or just take him to the ground and mm -hmm. out-grapple the grappler. I don't know which approach would be better for him, but in saying that, I'm just going Maya. Give me the underdog, baby. I mean, it's definitely not a crazy take. I'm going to go with Gilbert Burns here because, like you said, Gilbert Burns is a bit more than just a grappler. Although, I mean, his last knockout win in the UFC was like April of 2018. So I, I do think, though, that that's a tool that he has that Damian Maya doesn't at all. And as good of a grappler as he is, if he's able to just neutralize the takedown, because obviously that's all Damian Maya can do, just knock him out and retire Damian Maya. The main event of the evening, Kevin Lee is a minus 140 favorite against Charles Dubronx Oliveira, the plus 110 underdog. This is a very interesting matchup. You have a great grappler, great submission artist in Charles Oliveira versus a guy who's good but not great at anything. Good at everything, but not great at anything in Kevin Lee. He can knock you out, but he's not a great striker. He can submit you, but he's not an awesome grappler. He can take you down, but he's not a high-level, extremely high-level wrestler in the UFC. Um, that being said, I think Charles Oliveira struggles against top competition. You could say the same about Kevin Lee. A lot of his losses are to top guys. Most of his losses are to top guys. So both of them kind of struggle once they face higher competition. I just think Kevin Lee's a little bit higher of competition than Charles Oliveira is right now. A little bit better rounded, even if he's not as good in the grappling department. I think Kevin Lee finds a way to beat Oliveira and end his winning streak. 
Similar to what you said, I'm gonna pick Kevin Lee. I think he can use his well rounded well roundedness as a good game plan to effectively how do I want to word this? He can use his well roundedness to attack the weakness of Oliveira. Yeah. But in saying that, I definitely want Oliveira to win. I like Oliveira more. Never been a Kevin Lee guy. That's surprising. That is very surprising oh, a, that you I, like Oliveira. Yeah. Maybe because Pettis actually beat him. Was that is that the correct Oliveira? That's correct yep. Oliveira. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so it's easy. It's easy to like somebody when your guy beat him. So I think that's might be a small reason. I I, I don't know why. I just I, I just got I kind of like both Oliveiras. Mm. So, I see. They're both likable. But yeah, give me Kevin Lee. I like Charles Oliveira because he beat the crap out of Nick Lentz. Hell yeah. Hater. I don't understand why I dislike Nick Lentz as much as I, I do, but I no really, way. really do not like that guy. Like, if he was at a UFC meet and greet thing that we would go to, I would not take a picture with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oliveira's resume is really, really weird. Because his last loss is like three years ago, or I guess two and a half years ago against Paul Felder. Um, but since then, I mean, he's fought Clay Guida, Christos Giagos, Jim Miller, David Tamer, Nick Lentz, and then most recently, Jared Gordon. Mm-hmm. He has two uh, TKO finishes in his last two fights, but, I mean, these are not great guys that he's fighting. He's right. finished every single one of them, but he should. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Lee's obviously a huge step up, a much bigger guy also that he's than he has fought in at least the recent past. And... I mean, it's hard to say why I'm picking Oliveira with all of those things that I just said. I just think that right now he's so hot right now. He is the one probably quite possibly the best submission artist at 155. Um, And I think he's shown recently that he is more than just a grappler getting these two knockout victories in a row. So I'm going to go with Charles Oliveira here. I like him. I also I also like Kevin Lee, but I just don't think he's so wildly inconsistent as well. Kevin yeah. Lee that he was riding a bad streak going into his last fight with uh, Gillespie when he had the really impressive knockout win. Mm-hmm. And I think that if he doesn't land that exact kick, he probably loses that fight against Gillespie. So it's possible. Um, I just think that Oliveira is hot, and Kevin Lee is not. Hell yeah, brother! <laughs> yeah, I hope you're right. <laughs> this is also a big week for everybody because I had the chance to gain like two or three on yeah both you guys yeah. or just fall further behind. Yeah, I you guess guys, I should so. give the updated standings here. Um, da, 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 da. We've had some text since I sent that. Blah blah blah. A lot of text. Yeah, we did. We don't usually talk this much. Mm-hmm. God damn. Yeah. So a couple uh, okay. things that we have talked about in this text thread about what color Mountain Dew is, and then they <laughs> d- diverged into what Mountain Dews are good or bad. I did not partake because I don't drink pop, but or soda or soda pop, wherever you're soda from. Soda pop. Kill yourself if it's soda pop. I heard someone say soda pop the other day in a actual discussion, and I literally could not discuss with anything with them anymore. Did they have I teeth? shut down because they said soda pop. Uh. Me and Bryce are twenty and thirteen. Brendan is seven and six, seventeen and sixteen. So three fights behind us going into this weekend. Brendan gained one on Bryce, but I surged ahead of Brendan and into a tie with Bryce for the lead. I so, thought I was on last previously as well. I, I yeah, he was. He was. Oh, you're right. I think he has. He's the same. Uh, I went five and bag. one at UFC two forty eight. Very impressive night for me. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I had the best week of the year so far between everybody. If you had to guess who's picked the most underdogs between the three of us, Bryce, who would you guess? Me. Brendan has picked the most underdogs. That I would have said me, then you, then him. That's he's go- wild. He's gone three and nine, but he's picked the most of them. <laughs> hey, man. I'm going to go fucking five and nine after I, I picked these two. I had two or three underdogs today. Two. Two. Five and nine, baby. Let's go. All right, we'll see, friend. We shall see. Hit him with the plugs, Bryce. All right, so if you like this, give us a shout on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook at UntitledMMA, Facebook.com slash UntitledMMA. Give us a shout there, a follow, a uh, like. Is that what Facebook is? Yeah. Uh, We'd appreciate it. Uh, We try to post at least 
occasionally on those platforms. And anytime if you would mention us or comment on something, we definitely will get back to you unless you say something very stupid. Uh, so I guess you can make that as a challenge. Put, post the most stupid comment and we'll see if uh, it's worth our response. Oh, yeah. Um, if you do like this podcast, we'd appreciate any feedback in any form. Uh, we're on a bunch of different platforms. If you want to check us out somewhere else, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're on YouTube. I think Buju will be uploading those soon. I'd like to think he's getting close to that. See, um, Google Play, soon to be Spotify, I hear. Correct? Yeah. Okay. You threw me I off. I didn't, didn't understand the question for a second. <laughs> uh, if you could give us a subscribe, a download, and then also some feedback, whether it's a comment, rating, uh, share, subscribe, any of that feedback or um, love, we'd really appreciate it. It helps the show grow to reach some other like-minded fans. I thought you were asking me if Google Play was becoming Spotify. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that is not it, friend. But I think I got the plugs. You did. Uh, any post MMA topics anybody want to touch on? Do you do we have time to talk about the thing you said you wanted to talk about? That's MMA related, and we're already at an hour. I think it's a fairly lengthy discussion, so I'll save it for next week. Okay, so it's obviously not time dependent or terribly time dependent. No. Did we do it? Yep. All right, we may have done it. For Brendan, for Bright. Oh God! <laughs> Almost Die. died there. Die. <clears throat> <clears throat> Corona. Um, for Brendan, for Bryce, I'm Buju. This was the Untitled MMA Podcast. And deuce deuce. It's a wrap. Deuce deuce.